0: Lord, let hearts this morning be open. Let ears hear. Let minds focus. As we hear your word and as we come into this time, because, Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords, you are all we need. Thank you that you bless us with your presence. Thank you for all who you are. Thank you, Lord. Well, when Lucy asked me what uh, one of the topics for the Advent lead up to Christmas I would like uh, several weeks ago, peace popped into my brain, not knowing what a week we would have had where peace was desired. And uh, I tell you, peace was found because of the blessing of the Lord Jesus in our lives. Because it's this time of year when we sing lots of songs about peace on earth and we wish each other a peaceful time. So it means to me that perhaps the concept of peace is a little bit different to different people. But I'm going to start, because I learned this from Lucy, I'm going to start by telling stories. I've got a couple of things I want to tell you about. Now, now, you won't be old enough to go back this far, but I want you to th- just imagine as you cast your mind back to 1914. There was a war going on, and it had been going on for five whole months. And we had all these young men who were eagerly signing up because they would miss out if they didn't get there. They were eager to be part of this great adventure and to be part of getting this great evil out of the world. And they knew that they could get it done by Christmas and then there would be peace on earth. Little did they know that wasn't the case, it wasn't an adventure. And it started to drag on. Well, Christmas 1914 came along. And some accounts tell us when soldiers in the opposing parts of the trenches had a remarkable experience. One soldier recounted, first them Germans would sing one of their carols and then we sing one of ours until we all started up with, O come all ye faithful, and immediately the Germans joined in, singing that same carol, but in their own language. And what an amazing time that was. So the next morning, in some parts of this front, the German soldiers cautiously emerged from their trenches, calling out in English to the English, Merry Christmas. You can imagine what that was like. the Allied soldiers wearily came out looking to see if this was some sort of trap. And they walked out and they greeted each other. And over the course of that day, they exchanged gifts of cigarettes, foods, buttons and hats. And there was even a report of a football match. This Christmas truce, this Christmas peace, allowed both sides to finally bury the mountain of dead which lay in the 40 metres between them. And they spent time doing that. They had lain there for weeks in what they called no man's land but of course this was short-lived because the senior officers could not condone such behaviour. They weren't there to make friends with each other. They were there to kill each other. And so the next day they got back to the business of trying to kill each other. Sadly, there would be no peace And that would go on for several more years and millions and millions of people would be killed. That's not a nice Christmas memory. But wait, there's another. It happened several thousand years before this, a couple of thousand years before this. And it went like this. That night, there were shepherds staying in a field nearby, guarding their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel refused, reassured them Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the army of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those who with whom God is pleased. The Saviour had come to the earth. The Messiah had been born. There was great rejoicing. Peace at last, perhaps. Because Jesus had been born into a part of the world at that time where war was commonplace, just like in 1914. People were out there killing each other. People at that time wanted a different world. They wanted a saviour. Judea, where they were, and it's King Herod, because they had a king, they were all subject to Roman rule, and the Romans were very severe and very strict on the population. But Herod had the power of king, so he, at least was able to control things around him. In fact, three wise men he heard about came along and he had he spoke with them for a while because he heard about this newborn king and he wanted them to tell him the location so he could go and visit. Well, of course, we know the story. The wise men didn't. They went by, home by another route. And we also know that in the Scriptures it said that Herod ordered the death of all the boys up to the age of two. And we know that to to escape this fate, Jesus' parents fled with him to Egypt. This was the world in which Jesus was born into. And Jesus' birth did not bring peace at that time. Imagination time. Imagine you were those shepherds. Here you are doing your job, out in the fields, keeping watch over your sheep. It's night time. Sleep. The sheep were most probably dozing. You're most probably dozing if you're one of the shepherds. Just lying, resting there on your crook. Just dozing. And then, blam! And I imagine it's really... Spectacular. This angel appears. And he's not a little fella. Angels are huge. Angels are terrifying. Because that's what the Bible says they were. They were terrified. Now would you be? I'm sure. Because I know I would be if this big angel suddenly appeared before me. And you know what? Then to top it off, The armies of heaven joined them. A huge array. Man, I can't even imagine what they looked like. How good your imagination? And imagine what the sound was like. Imagine being in the sound desk and having to control that sound. That celestial choir singing. Rejoicing. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Jesus is born, angels singing, praising God, glorifying God, honoring God. Wow. And we sit here and go, yes, yes bless you, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Imagine what it would be like. That would be spectacular. Man, would I fall on the ground and be scared. But I would be amazed at the same time. But remember, the angel saying about peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. It's not promised to everyone, but it's available to everybody. It's promised to those who know God. And is that you this morning? Do you know God? Do you know that Jesus died for your sins? Do you know that he rose again? Do you know that he ascended into heaven? Do you know that he's sitting at the right hand of God? Yes. Then that peace is for you. Remember those Miss World competitions from years ago? And they asked those questions. Oh. What matters most to you? And the answer would have been world peace. I'm sure they knew what they were talking about. Because the peace, according to the world, is nothing more than just the absence of anything that's troubling or disturbing to yourself. You know, you just want everything to be nice around you. That's peace peace according to the world. But that sort of peace is not very stable. It's fraught with all sorts of things that can attack and just assault you from all directions. The kind of peace that the angels are talking about, that we're singing about, is the Jewish con- concept of shalom. And you know, Mike talked a lot about shalom. Shalom is... its wholeness, a whole entity. It's a wholeness about your well-being. It's about restoration. It's about reconciliation with God and salvation in its fullest sense. That's shalom. That's the peace we're talking about. Spurgeon, a wonderful preacher from a long time ago, and if ever you want inspiration, go and read his sermons even though you've got to get through some of the old old English, but there's some amazing stuff in that. He said, The angels, those messengers of the Lord announcing peace at the birth of Jesus, are announcing that the greatest gift of the Lord, the Messiah, the Christ, whom our Lord has promised, has arrived. And with the Christ comes shalom. They're talking about a spiritual peace, about a peace with God that's what they were broadcasting from on high so in the Lord we have a peace that the world cannot give, it's a true peace, The peace of shalom that's about having a right relationship with God with others and with ourselves that sense of peace is amazing. It doesn't mean the absence of conflict and bitterness, but it means the presence of God in our lives, of harmony within, and a rich lot of interpersonal relationships with others. Because the peace of God is such that it can never, never separate us from him. So if we want God if we want peace to rule in our lives, God must rule in our lives. We gain His peace only when He is central in our lives. We can't get this through works. We can't get this through tradition. We can't get this through baptism. We can't get this by ch- through church membership. We can't get this because our parents believed. We can't get this by any other means. We can only get peace of God through a relationship with God, our own personal relationship with God. And once we have that, we get that Sense that we know because we know because we know. You can't explain it in any other way because it's an inbuilt knowledge. Even when everything is going to pack around you, when things are falling apart, God's love is there and you can feel his presence. That is the peace of God. That is the soothing love of God as he descends on you. no God in our lives no peace when we know God we know his peace and the result of peace with God is we are part of his family he's our father we are his children we all are there's one problem with the whole thing though and that's us our minds, our hearts, because they get into turmoil. We feel guilty at times about things, we worry about stuff, we feel threatened about stuff, we feel confused about stuff, we feel uncertain about stuff, we get upset really easily. All of those things threaten our peace. Paul says in Philippians, Don't worry about anything, instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul wants us to guard our hearts and minds. He wants us to guard it with that relationship with Jesus he wants us to spend time in prayer with Jesus he wants us to understand the power of prayer first peter says give all your worries and cares to god because he cares about you and so we can take all that turmoil all those troubles and place them before god ask him tell him about it ask him about it ask for help ask him for restoration of the peace he wants us to enjoy his peace he gives it freely to us if we have a right relationship with him so the question is is your relationship with god in the right place is it is it as it should be and when your relationship is right with God, your relationship with each other, with fellowship with each other, follows. Because Romans tells us do all you can to live in peace with everyone. And when we are continually amazed that God's forgiven us through Christ, we can know that peace then we know because we know because we know and then we can extend that peace that he grants us to others. The world's peace is temporary. Jesus' peace is eternal. Jesus Christ, his glory is our peace. He said in John 14, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Seek not the world. Seek Jesus. He is the key. Because he reminds us in John 16, I have told you this, told you all of this, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So, this Christmas, think about peace. What sort of peace are you after? Settle down with yourself just yourself in a quiet place and ask the Lord for his peace. Because his peace is amazing. His peace even though the upsets of the world the loss of others his peace comes in and settles in your soul. And it's an amazing amazing blessing. The hurt's The pains and the turmoil is still present, but he lessens it. And as you trust in him, as you bask in his love, then and then comes his peace. Remember, the angel said, Peace on earth to those in whom God is pleased. Because God is pleased only with people who are in a right relationship with Him, and as a result of that, you experience His peace. That's the message of the angels, and that's the message that He wants us to pass on. Trust God, He knows what He is doing. You may not know what He's up to at that time, but trust Him, He knows. Stuff happens. Things in this world will happen. Jesus said, we will have trouble. We will have trials. We will have sorrows. Therefore, seek him, because in him is peace. I'm going to finish with another story. It's one you might be familiar with. Scene said in the 1800s, there's a fellow called Horatio G. Stefford. He invested in real estate in north of Chicago in the 1800s and made heaps of money. Trouble is, didn't save his son. When his son was four years old, Horatio Jr. died suddenly of scarlet fever. Then a year later, in October 1871, there was a great fire in Chicago. reduced the city to ashes and it destroyed all of Horatio's investments, bar one or two. So he set about rebuilding his fortune. And two years later, his family planned a trip to Europe. Well, late business demands in relation to his investments meant that Horatio couldn't go with them, so he sent his wife and four daughters off on a a steamship so they could go for a vacation and also listen to their dear friend, D.L. Moody, who was going to be preaching in England. And that would be such a fun time. So on November 22nd, 1873, While crossing the Atlantic Ocean on a lovely steamship Ville du Havre the ship was struck by another ship. It sank in 12 minutes, killed 226 people including Horatio's four daughters. His wife Anna was found unconscious but floating on a plank of wood. And she survived that tragedy. And they took all the survivors to Cardiff where she sent a telegram to Horatio that simply read, Saved Alone. Well, Horatio immediately set sail to England to join up with his wife. And during the voyage, the captain called him to the bridge, pointed to his charts and said... We're passing the very spot where that ship went down. And after reflecting for a little while, he returned to his cabin and there he wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. The story didn't end there for them because Horatio and Anna went on to have more children and they became missionaries. His attitude to money severely changed. His attitude to relationships with other people didn't. His attitude in relationship to the Lord did not. His faith in God never faltered. You might ask how he found peace in the face of so much tragedy. It's because he was rooted rooted in his beliefs, his faith, and his love of God. And he understood peace in his soul. It's amazing that going through all of that, he still had faith and peace. So the question is, how is your faith and the peace that comes from that faith this morning? If your mind's in turmoil... If you need God's peace, don't be shy. Come and let us pray for you. Come and let us do it as we're singing. Because we're going to sing that amazing hymn. And as you sing it, wonder whether you could have penned the same words that he did while under so much grief, experiencing so much tragedy and then understand the words that he is saying in that great old hymn. And if you want, please, please don't leave without prayer. Prayer is powerful. Remember, prayer is our communication with God. Prayer is part of our relationship with a loving, almighty God who wants to give you His peace.